So welcome to another episode of the Swamp Inside Florida Athletics. I'm your co-host, Anthony Beck, along with my other co-host. Marcus Davis and our homeboy Jerry. He cannot make it today, so it's a two-man booth. Yeah, keep, him in our, keep him in your prayers as well. So, and also keep my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida, in your prayers also. Yes, Jacksonville and really, honestly, the entire state of Florida because hurricane season is still going on, people. So we'll get we'll get into that and how it affects Florida and their travel plans. But we got a special guest joining us tonight. He's been on with us before. He was on with us last year for the Florida Utah game in Gainesville. He's back for more this year. We got Alex Markham joining us. Alex, thanks for having you? me, guys. I'm good, guys. You other? I mean, other than what you guys are going through, I I, I feel for you guys on that. But I, I know we've already spent plenty of time talking to Anthony with him bragging about that shiny thing in the background. So, yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm doing great, all things considered, people. Um, <laughs> this is how serious we take our fantasy football. <laughs> this is how serious it is. <laughs> Beautiful shiny here. This WWE World Heavyweight Championship belt here. I get it <laughs> here, and I'm hoping to keep it for another year. I, I don't want this thing off my shoulders. Oh. And oh, and what, what are we supposed to do, Nacho Champion? What, what are we supposed to do? Acknowledge me. So I'm 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 loving being back, guys. But but where's the audience this time? Where's where's the crowd, huh? Hey man, we had to have, we had to have a little talk with those with those people that came on the last time. We was like, hey man, there's a little too many cooks in the kitchen, and some of these pots are overflowing. So we're gonna have to, you know, downsize. Some yeah, good we, Georgia conversation, right? Yeah, no, sweet, but you know, it was there. If we had to have a little talk with the other co-hosts who couldn't make it with us tonight, but you know, um, we had to have a talk with them. Like, yeah, um. You, you kind of threw us off the off, threw us for a loop with this one because we didn't even know they were going to join the show until they joined the show. <laughs> that, that's that, that's how thrown off we were. Yeah, just I know, a little bit like random random guys just popping on here and there. That was, that was so funny. So we can promise you there will be no shenanigans like that whatsoever. And then <laughs> Jerry pops on, right? Yeah, be if, if Jerry pops on, then um. <laughs> We're going to have to make sure there's not a trail of people behind him. Because if so, there will be, a, <clears throat> shall I say, consequences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, consequences like removal of name of the podcast logo for a week. A public on-air apology, some, a suspensions, a fine possibly incoming. You know, things like that. There'll be a five hundred dollar fine for every random person that pops up on you. <laughs> so if it's three more, yeah, yeah. No have cough up the fifteen hundred dollars. Me and Marcus will split it evenly. With me getting a thousand, him getting five hundred on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about me, guys? Damn. Yeah. Hey, I had to go with that last year, all right. Take that into consideration. Yeah, he had to go through something, man. His ears were yeah. damaged from hearing everybody talk, bro. Let's, let's cut him in on this deal. We'll split it evenly between us three since hey, Alex didn't endure that. Last. At least I didn't. I didn't feel too overwhelmed and stuff like that because I feel like the Georgia guy was having my back on a whole bunch of things. So there you go. He he kind of was. I mean, he, he was. was he was of Utah a lot. So yeah, he kind of did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
You might have to cut him a deal too for that. Now we bet you did. You might have to break him off in 50 or something. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Utah, we got it's first of all, we had games this past weekend. They 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 teased us this weekend with the games. Mm-hmm. And by the way, prayers to the state of Hawaii also with yeah. what they're dealing with with the wildfire. Yeah. That that team that Hawaii team, before we get into it, I will say this. They did not beat Vanderbilt. They played very inspired. They played. They actually played really well, and that was actually a great game. So they, I, I was happy to see that those those guys. Eh, man, I mean, I, I, I honestly thought Vanderbilt was gonna fumble the bag. I really did, but oh, I got I got scared there for a minute for Vanderbilt. I was like, uh, Vandy, are you okay? Like, what are we doing here? But um, like again, I mean, and it was funny. I was watching College Game Day, and two of the guys actually did pick a wide to win. And the main reason wasn't in football was the fact that they were playing for something a lot more. And you could see it out there when they were playing. Yeah. Like, you, you can really tell. Like, they were that's, playing for the entire state. I mean, dude, that's that's the thing. When it comes to that Polynesian community, man, and, I mean, I can speak on this from seeing it all those years over at Utah, right? Because Utah's got a very predominant Polynesian roster. And, uh, you know, that's something that um, within Whittingham's press conference today, he actually made sure to mention this Maui – um, fund that Utah is trying to help with um, that one of their old players is overseeing. But yeah, I mean, when, uh, when you put those guys, I mean, most people, right. When you put their backs to the wall, you know, crazy and amazing things happen, but especially that community, man, they're, uh, they're some of the most fierce and loyal and just good hearted people that you, you can't, you can never count those guys out. Yeah, you're definitely 100% correct about that. I mean, they, te- they teased us with the football this weekend, but it is now officially week one, and we all know the kickoff of week one. We're not even going to worry about Missouri and whoever the heck they're playing on the SC Network. Nobody's going to watch that. <laughs> Everybody's eyeballs are, is going to be on ESPN Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern time in Salt Lake City. For the rematch between Florida and Utah, Florida will be headed out to Utah, and they're actually they're actually going to be headed out tomorrow. They're going to head to Dallas and stay the night there, and then fly into Salt Lake City on Wednesday from Dallas uh, because because of the hurricane. I think um, Gaines was under a hurricane watch. I want to say so they're leaving the day early, and they're going to get in in the Salt Lake City on Wednesday from Dallas. So. It should be a great game. Alex is with us to break this game down. So, um, Alex, I guess my first question is, you know what? Screw it. We're we gonna we gonna go ahead and rip band-aid off. We're gonna get right into it. We're not even gonna mess around. Hey, hey but you see that, that big elephant trunk that's in the room with us right now, peeking through the door? I believe I do, and I believe it has the words quarterback situation on it. Oh, it does. It does not you mention it. Alex, we got to ask, what's the situation with Cam Rising and the rest of the quarterbacks? Well, yeah. So when when it comes to Cam, okay, um, you know, if there's anybody that would come back, you know, within what it was the second or third of January, right, and then having the opportunity to come back now, um, Cam's somebody I would never bet against. Um, he's just a he's just the ultimate competitor, and you know. 
he's he's gonna he's gonna go out there it doesn't matter how beat up he is he's gonna go out there if if he's allowed to and, and try to push through it because you know i mean when it comes down to it any team that has cam rising on it they're a better team when they have him out on the field it's just the way he wills his guys and inspires them um he's close um they've held it extremely close to the to the chest um even if I fully knew, if I told you guys, I think I actually made this comment about something last year. Um, if I was to say something, I uh, my uh, media pass would be taken away. <laughs> but um, no, it's um, it's been one of those where it's some of the God bless the local media. Some of them kind of drove me nuts a little bit. Where um, even though Whittingham has given the time frame and stuck to it the entire time and said the steps and so on and so forth at the start of, um, fall camp, they constantly asked it. And it's like, I'm literally sitting back like, dude, like why, why none of this is going to change. Like it's literally going to come down to the last week, you know? And that's, that's what it is. Um, you know, if you get around the program, there's some interesting vibes and feelings where, you know, they, they could just be messing with everybody, but at the same time, too, I do think that they're feeling a, feeling better about where Cam is now in the process. Um, I still just don't see him necessarily starting that game. Um, I mean, I can see him potentially being cleared, and then, you know, if, if um, they feel like something's not working with – the backup plan that they have in place, then maybe putting him in. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, when when it comes down to it, I mean, Utah would love to, you know, have the opportunity at the CFP. Cam would love to have an opportunity at all these awards. It's it's the conference that's important, you know, and so that's that's the big thing that everybody's got to keep in mind that, you know, they're they're gonna play it cautious. Um, Utah has to rely on the surgeon in this situation declare him it's not even necessarily the team doctors and and cam say it's straight up the surgeon so they need to do an mri and they need to do an on-field test uh they've been really coy about that recently on whether that's happened or not so i don't know if that's happened in the last few days um but when it comes to the other two um there's plenty of questions with that there's a lot of potential and then there's a lot of I don't know. I don't I don't know the words to use on it, right? So like Bryson Barnes, everybody's seen him play in the Rose Bowl the two times that Cam got hurt and he came in. Um did an admirable admirable job in the um first one two years ago. This last year, I, I feel like, you know, they they the the staff gives him praise for it, which granted he was thrown into a bad situation, but you know, feel like he could have done better, right? Um uh, the only other real track record for Barnes is he started one game. You know, he, other than that, he's had mop up time. He started one game, and it was a last minute thing where Cam um, couldn't go. Like it was probably like ten minutes before the game, and so uh, they threw him out there. And Utah won, but the reality of it is, is you know, granted, people give him his praise for winning the first game he started, but if you go back and you watch that tape. He made a lot of very risky throws when he had easy throws over the middle. Um, if he makes those throws, which were a lot of times from the hash to the sideline, you know, you guys are going to have one to two pick sixes. That's that's the one concern about Bryson is he needs to 
he's he's got a high football IQ. He's a good football player. He just needs to know his limitations and play within the offense. Um, Nate Johnson is a guy that um, really intriguing. So um, throughout um, four games of last season, Utah brought him in as a change of pace guy, and he's he's electric. Um, Whittingham when he was on the coaches show recently, um, you know, they were trying to talk about comparisons for him. And, um, you know, the ultimate one he gave was like old school Anton Randall L. Right. But um, he actually took the comparison from a running standpoint, right. Um, to Anthony Richardson. And he said, he said, you know, Nate Johnson is one of those guys that anytime he has the ball in his hands, he can he can house it for 70, 70, 80 yards, you know, and so it's the choice between um, you know a, a higher a higher floor and less risk, and somebody that's had the big game experience, whether you want to call it you know great or not, right, with his performances, or somebody that's high risk, high reward that has also really started to show a, a much better arm than everybody expected initially. And, um, you know, just can really, really ignite in the offense when, when he gets going. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of ACL timelines, Brent Keithy has also had his own well-documented thing with his ACL. So how's his timeline going? How the vibes around the program with him? Um, Brant is, um, you know, yeah, I mean, he, he should be ready right now. Um, you know, nobody's really talking about why or anything like that. Um, he's been restricted throughout fall camp. I don't know that they have ramped him up recently. Um, but if you were to ask me just from the vibes and everything I've gotten, I, I don't expect Brant to, uh, play in this game. Um, same time too, Utah's also got another situation like they had last year with, with Kincaid where, um, Thomas Yasmin, this other tight end that broke out towards the end of the season. You, if, if you ever want to see a USC defense be made a mockery of Google Thomas Yasmin highlights, (laughs) (laughs) but, (laughs) but yeah, uh, you know, so Utah loves doing the, the two tight end sets, and so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of way that they would implore that if if Brant can't go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Yasmin's going to step right in target-wise at least and and really be able to fill in for, for Keithy. Now, can can anybody replace him? No, I mean, he's, he's the greatest receiving threat Utah's ever had probably in school history next to maybe one, one other guy might have the argument. Right. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be Utah. Utah's dinged up right now. They, they, they are, but the, the positive for them is they, they do have solid depth. Right. Um, yeah. Um, we're pretty much, you see, we, we lost two guys to lower body injuries. That we're going to contribute. Uh, Cam Carroll, two-lane tr- running back transfer, he's going to be out for the season. Then we lost Justice Boone, start that was going to start at one of the edge positions. He tore his ACL, but again, yeah, like like you guys, you know, we got depth there, so you're going right. to see a mix of guys at those positions. But um, speaking of um, running, speaking of running back, um, I wanted to ask about your running backs because I know you guys brought you. I think you switched to Quinton Jackson. From quarterback to running back, and then you said cover. So I want to ask about those two guys. 
Um, yeah, so I, I know you guys want to definitely ask about Glover with him being from Florida. Uh, he's uh, he's third on the death chart right now. Um, he's he's making progress. Um, with him, he came into camp. You know, every, everybody knew him for his wiggle and that burst that he had in high school, and it was special. But um, when he got to Utah, he got up to 222 pounds, and he even acknowledged to me. He's like, "Yeah, I was way too heavy." He's like, "It slowed me down." He's like, "You know, just from my body movements and like even just how his mind was reacting on things as well, right?" And uh, he's down to about 204 now, and so he's he's at a much more comfortable, much more comfortable level. And uh, you know, just as soon as he gets more reps and the mental side of the game can slow down for him. He, he can be something pretty special. But uh, Utah's one-two punch. Um, towards the end of the year, it had really started developing into one of the better ones in the country. Uh, Makai Bernard is um, somebody that's been in the program for a minute. He's been hurt for most of the last two years. And uh, even towards the end of the season, he was still hurt, but he was healthier than typical, right? And that's when that's when he started breaking out more. He's more of the receiving threat out of out of all the others, but still potent out of the out of the backfield runner. Jaquindon Jackson, though, I'm telling you guys, as long as he stays healthy, right? And you always hate you always hate saying that phrase. He is going to be so talented and so gifted. That even with Cam, if say say Cam misses not just one, not just two, say if if they just hit the point where it's like you know what we're better off saving him for the start of Pac-12 play. I don't. That's that's nothing I've been told. I'm just you know scenario wise, right? Utah with their defense could probably get by with. Um, a, a steady dose of those two, and especially with Jaquindon Jackson as as your lead horse. He's he's six foot two, two hundred twenty eight pounds, fast as hell. Uh, guys bounce off him. He's got moves for days. It's it's freaky how this guy moves at that size. But at the same time, too, I mean, you guys you guys saw what Anthony Richardson was doing from the quarterback position last year, and you you know even bigger weight, so. Right. It's, it's a good Marcus, group. And Marcus has to live with that for the next 15 to 20 years. So oh, I am I am per, I'm sleeping well at night. Just know that. Fill so me in on this because if I remember right last year, somebody wasn't sold on Anthony Richardson going into that game. Was that you, Marcus, or what are you talking about? I might have been because he's such an enigma as a mm-hmm. quarterback. Like he has the ability, he has he has it up here. He has the physical talents, but like he had periods where he was hurt in the year before because he was going to probably play a lot, a big role for us, especially in the Alabama game the year before. But he got hurt, so he couldn't really do what he wanted to do. QB contest with Amber Jones, all that stuff. Like we didn't really know for sure what he was going to be. Now, now, granted, in the Utah game, he was a cheat code. Like he was the reason our offense clicked as well as it did at points, and we were able to move the ball. And then the year progressed. His inexperience showed, uh, and the physical talent was there, but he just didn't have the experience necessary to really take the step that I expected him to do. But he'll be fine in Indianapolis. He's got a good coaching staff there. He's got the the work ethic. He'll be fine. Marcus, I got a correction on something. What you got? We 
in 2021, or yeah, we we all knew what he was going to be. Somebody else who's no longer associated with our program didn't didn't know that. <laughs> hey or man, flat out didn't care, which is why he's no longer associated with the program. <laughs> no demo, and hey, he also didn't play Damian Pierce all that much. So exactly, yeah. Hey, and I I I, I got to say this too, if we're if we're talking about some of the guys from last year, so. uh Mo Diabate, I, I I think he's going to stick with the Browns. He's he's doing extremely well right now. But what the hell was Florida teaching their guys with how to tackle? Because he got to Utah, and it took him half the damn season to start tackling right. Because if you guys remember back to that damn play where he's rushing Richardson, Richardson goes to pump fake, and he throws his arms up instead of finishing the damn tackle. That changes the game. We were teaching people that attack. It's not a game. Utah technique. We we were teaching tackling. <laughs> uh, we all think we we're doing any of that. We didn't know what the word tackle was last year. <laughs> we didn't even know what that. Utah you didn't that? either the first game though. <laughs> like he was thirty to one after we lost to LSU in twenty twenty one, and they asked him about the defensive coordinator and what and what the plays were. He literally avoided the question. And just said we do what we do what um. We're we're told like we just do what we're told. Like he he was literally the one that did it. So that tells you everything you need to know about what was going on. Plus that man was playing completely you know, out of position for no reason. He is not an inside linebacker by any stretch of the imagination. You know what was really cool though at the end of last season, and you know some some Florida fans will like and appreciate this. Some of them will be like, "Oh, screw him." Uh, so it was crazy at the end of the Pac-12 championship game. They were not letting the media down on the field like it was it was just it was a shit show excuse my language and uh and like it was just it, it was bad anyways um so i'm trying to see anything i can and all of a sudden i hear um him over in the stands he's yelling up to his family and it was it was really cool i actually put it out on twitter um but he's like see i told he's like I told you this. I told you this would happen. This is exactly why I came here. I came here for this. I came here for this. Like stuff. I, it was basically along those lines, right? And he just kept repeating it. You could just see how happy he was. And he played a hell of a game that day. He honestly, like, it, it is. It would be so crazy to go back and watch his highlights for the first quarter of the season compared to the last quarter of the season. I will say I was ha- I was happy for him to see him have that kind of success while he was at Utah. It was just weird to see him in a Utah uniform mm-hmm. when you guys came to games. I'm like, yeah, like this just don't look right. This does was, not look right. It was so strange, but I was happy that he got with, with a program that actually knows what the word tackling is at that time. <laughs> so I mean, good for him. Great for him. We, we got to deal with that again this year when Josh Braun in Arkansas comes to Gainesville. Oh, <laughs> it is what the third time in four years because Felipe Franks did it, ironically, with Arkansas. <laughs> like, what is it? By the way, um, Demarcus, you do know we're undefeated in return games <laughs> into the swamp, right? That we are. So, um, but <clears throat> got to also ask about the receiver position because. I know one of the guys in Micah Pittman. We saw him at Oregon, and we saw him at Florida State, and he was pretty productive in, at both places. Don't know why he kind of got passed up at Florida State, but you know, 
It's neither here nor there, but hip I injury. See, injury. Yeah, he he played he played the whole year with a hip injury. Um, ended up having surgery on it, and there was some concern that he might take a while, even this season, to get healthy. Um, he came into fall camp and and he looked ridiculously good. Um, but one of the big positive developments, even with Utah, is as good as he looked out of all the wide receivers in fall camp and and seeing him healthy and all that stuff. Uh, Utah has a true freshman that's listed on the depth chart with him as an or. So that's that something that is too. Because yeah, Mikey Matthews. So that's that's something that you fans are really excited about with both of those guys. Everybody's really intrigued by what Pittman could potentially do in this offense and finally healthy. He's honestly like just being a safety valve for rising. Um, rising's going to do wonders for him and he's going to do wonders for rising. Right. Um, yeah. I know I know that true freshman you're talking about, Mikey Matthews. Um, that I love that kid and his game, what he brings to the table. Yeah. And the fact that he ended up going to Utah is honestly wild to me because I'm thinking, I'm looking at his phone like, why are none of the big schools like really pursuing this guy? Like, like what like what is the issue? He's five foot eight. No, do it. Five eight, five nine. Um, but personally, I don't care what his height is. If you uh-huh, tell man. me football games, I want him on my team. Right? Tell tell Steve Smith that about being five eight or five nine. Right? So, yeah, exactly. no. And and he ends up being one of the one of the best receivers. Well, he is the best receiver in Panthers football history. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Productive. Let, let's let's put it this way with Steve Smith. If if you mix highlights of just him and Barry Sanders as offensive players running the run, you know, um, running the football and everything and scoring all those touchdowns that you, you never, you never have to watch another highlight again. Those, those two combined. Oh my God. That, that would be one hell of a highlight comp compilation just because their moves and just like, you think that you think you have them tackled. And next thing you know, they're 20, 30 yards down the damn field. Right. That sounds a lot like our defense. <laughs> they get tackling is like thirty yards down the field. Oh God! Yeah, tired of seeing it. Or, or a busted coverage where guy from Tennessee's running ninety yards down the field. Hey, that was your guy. You just let him run by. Trey. Mm. Um, did you really have to rehash that though, AB? <laughs> yeah, you kind of you kind of let him into it, Marcus. I did a little bit. I ain't I, I let him into it. He's a guy over the middle. But anyway, switching gears over to the other side of the ball, Utah's always been known to have a reputation of, of fielding solid to very good defenses on pretty much every year, like clockwork. So what's the general consensus around the program about this year's unit? So first off, let me eat my crow from last year because I, I can't remember which one of you guys was mocking me for it. But uh, I, I was talking about how Utah had about six guys that could pretty much start at the majority of power five schools um, at, at defensive tackle. Uh, I mean, I would still say that was the case. Here was the problem. Um, two of them were relatives and they were pretty checked out that game and actually quit the team the following week. And another one of them um, ended up quitting the team and then coming back on the team to 
towards the end of the season. So he quit the team before that game. So that the, the group of six I was talking about got thinned out really damn fast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was, that was nuts. Um, but yeah, so sorry. Um, rephrase, re- repeat the question for me. And I'll, I was like, uh, what's the feeling about, about the program about this year's unit on defense? Mm-hmm. Um, so going into this game, um, there's probably more, there's probably a few guys that are on the, um, that are starters on the depth chart that might not play on Thursday. Okay. Um, but just within talking with everybody, it's guys at their positions of strength, uh, really when it comes down to it, um, I'd been hearing this, and then um, old you, Eric Weddle, actually let the cat out, cat out of the bag about a conversation that he had with um, Utah defensive coordinator Morgan Scally, who believes that this defense could rival the 2019 defense that Utah had, and that 2019 defense is arguably the best defense this school's ever had. Um, they're they're extremely deep at a lot of positions. Um, even, even the areas that everybody was initially worried about they're they're not worried about them after fall camp. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just, that, that's how Utah rolls, you know? And, and what's crazy is Utah's always had a solid defense. They've always had a solid one and two deep, um, ever since even joining the PAC 12, the biggest thing, these last five plus years that's really made a difference is, you know, granted they've got some better stuff on offense compared to what they used to have depth wise, but you factor in the fact that that defense has always been so damn good. And then you got guys that are coming in. I'm not comparing them to Alabama, right? But you got, you got guys coming in knowing that they have to wait their time on a defense it is really damn good, and within that and within that time period, they're developing and they're ready for whenever their number is called. And so that's you know, Utah has been really fortunate where for the most part they've had they've had guys come in and just wait their wait their turn and then just blossom. And that's that's kind of what you're seeing with some of the stuff um, that's developing depth wise this year. That and they ended up doing really well um, defensively in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. I think both teams, both defenses, did. When you look at the guys that went to both schools, uh, so for me, um, question I have is also on special teams. Like, what do you think about the special teams? You know, return game. Like, how's how's that looking? It's a good question. So we we weren't able to go to fall camp. I mean, we we would go and just be able to interview. Um, if we were seeing them do anything, it was literally just like they were doing um, position um, position drills, and it wasn't even like really with the ball. So um, the the interesting thing with that stuff is, if I remember correctly, um, Pittman Pittman is the punt returner. Okay. Uh, they they're extremely excited about that. Yeah. So Pittman's the punt returner. Now, um, from there, when it comes down to it, the backup punt returner um is Sioni Vaki, a safety. He played he played wide receiver in high school and all that stuff. But I, I think what they're trying to do and accomplish there is 
he's a he's a pretty lethal dude but at the same time too he's solid he's consistent they they rely you know they they know they can depend on him right and so you got one guy that is like the game breaker that can bust into the house at any point in time breaking all those tackles and then you got another guy that's just solid and reliable um i can't recall who the starting kickoff returner is i don't think that's Pittman. let me here let me actually look at that real fast here Okay, yeah, so kickoff returner, you got um, Vaki as listed actually as the main one. And then, um, you know, so again, it kind of goes into their probably figure and just, you know, reliable, steady. And then uh, Money Parks, the guy that if you guys watched the uh, Pac-12 championship game, he was the one that uh, busted that um, 56, 57-yard touchdown on third and 19 against USC that broke their backs and, Open the floodgates. No, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember that. That play definitely was amazing. Well, speaking of returners, for us on our depth chart it says Trevor Etienne will be the kickoff returner, and for punts it will be either Ricky Pearsall or Trey Wilson, the freshman. So I want to see how that turns out. Yeah, um, I considering the fact that Cam Carroll is out for the season. I don't know if I'm like seeing Trevor Etienne back there returning kicks right now. I don't either, but if he can do it, sure. But I'd rather have our two deep at back healthy because between him and Montreal and then Trayon Webb, if he's ready, put him in the three deep. Yeah, that, that's what I was concerned about. Um, because I know for us, um, yeah, looking at the depth chart, first of all, the depth, the depth chart came out today for us, and um, yeah, it was a few surprises. To some people, you guys got that true for the true freshman starting at safety, right? Yeah, Jordan Castell. To a lot of people, it was a surprise, but to me, it wasn't. Yeah. I've been hearing all, all since the spring, like this guy's been that guy at safety and right. only continued into fall. And that's just who Billy Napier is. He's gonna play the best players, whether you're a freshman or a senior, he doesn't care. I'll uh. Yeah, I'll uh, top you on one that it's it's not necessarily crazy, but when you think of the position and stuff like that, um, Utah is going to be trotting out a, a true freshman at left tackle. He and uh, <laughs> Spencer, Spencer Fano, um, they are obsessed with him. He showed up in the spring, packed on even more weight, um, so he's over three hundred pounds now. Um, really athletic, just with how he moves his feet. Really smart. Um, he won that battle fair and square. I mean, they, they have really good options that they could have put at left tackle. And um, he's um, – Whittingham yesterday was comparing him to um, a guy that um, is in the I, – I believe he's in the Panthers' ring of honor, Jordan Gross, um, when Jordan played at Utah. So that's about as high as a compliment as you can get for a Utah offensive lineman. So definitely – it's it's – it's so cool to always see like the, the true freshmen that are able to break in and, and play immediately. I mean, like we were talking about before the, before we all jumped on here, you know, the kid from USC, you know, and that was just, that kid's special, you know? So any, anytime those guys break out like that, man. Hey, you, speaking of that, can you just knew it 
when you watch this film and then you know in the all American game, um it's like you you pretty much knew once he stepped on campus, yeah, he's definitely there's mm. no way he's not playing. And yeah. he showed why now what a punt I think it was a punt return for a touch, a kickoff return for a touchdown. And then before that, you know, he catches his first pass and he takes it to the house. So just elite stuff out there. Great speed. Just the way he plays the game, he looks like a veteran out there. And you're going to see that with some of these freshmen. You know, these guys are – some of these guys are going to come in and start and look like veterans out there. Like, pretty much like it just comes natural to them. And speaking of left tackles, um, if you watch LSU this year um, and you look at their offensive line, you're going to see a weird number for their left tackle. Oh, yeah. Will Campbell will be wearing number seven. Oh, is giga him the seven? They gave him number seven. Oh, which wow. is, if you follow LSU, that's that's one of the sacred numbers. That is the sacred number. Like they give that to one of you to your leader, and they give hmm. it to your best player. Huh. That's so, cool. That's yeah, cool. That's gonna be it is, but it's gonna be weird seeing a left tackle trying out there wearing number seven. Hey number man, single digits is slim. Let's throw my offensive lineman out there. Shout out to him. I'm gonna be like, is he playing tight end? Oh wait, no, that's the left tackle. Wait a minute. Like, why is he blocking? Why is he doing a kick step? <laughs> then, you, then next thing you know, you're gonna see him run out for a pass. Like, what the hell? Oh, he's the tackle over now, so he's eligible. Well then, but now uh, looking at our depth chart, there is one thing that I do notice that's pretty glaring, especially in some positions, is that. You'll see next to the years, you'll see sophomore, you'll see freshman, you'll see redshirt sophomore, see some juniors here, some seniors there, but it's it's, it's, it's a young team. It is a young football team. Talented, but nonetheless young. Yeah. So you, Utah's got that same situation where it's like they'll have to replace rising next year when uh when they move into the Big 12. But um it's yeah, it's it's a young group over at Utah too. So it's it's kind of crazy to see what they've done the last few years and sit back and it's like you figure out quarterback, this team's not going to have a drop-off. Right. And I'm looking at both of these teams, and we're, as we're discussing this, there's a lot of similarities. You know, both teams are young, but they're very talented, but we're going to be relying on, relying on young teams. So looking at both of them, I mean – they're kind of built similarly too, but I'm looking at Utah. What one thing that concerns me about Utah going into this game is really I just keep going back to this offensive line that you guys have. Like this, the offensive line. We talked about the defense line and how their defense is usually one of the best units in the country. I can literally say the same thing about Utah's offensive line. They're always really solid every single year. So one thing that I'm looking at is can Florida's defensive line generate a push up front, you know, and cause some disruption because you talked about Jaquindon Jackson. If he gets any space, um, yeah, I'm going to be concerned, legitimately concerned all game long. He's yeah, Jaquin Jaquindon's talented, man. I mean, now I mean look look at it this way too. Like, you know, I mentioned I mentioned Fano being at left tackle. I know Utah has all the faith in the world in him. I know that he's a confident kid too, but uh, 
they're Florida's gonna try to test him early. They're they're gonna see, oh, freshman, okay. We're we're gonna go at him until he proves it, you know. And so that's uh, you know, that's gonna be an interesting part of the line to to really follow and watch. But um, you know, Utah's offensive line, uh, Utah's offensive line coach Jim Harding really kind of had a, a fun and tough job um trying to sort those guys out because there's there's a few guys that ended up not starting that you can sit back and be like, oh God, I feel bad for them. They earned it, you know. It's, right. it's not that nobody else earned it. I mean, you know, it's just it's it's a good group. But um yeah, man, like again, you you go back to the USC game last year, right? Cam Rising won the offensive MVP, you know, but uh, you ask anybody that watched that game and if you could ever give an offensive MVP to an offensive lineman, Keaton Bills was the one paving hole after hole after hole and you know, hitting the second hitting the second level and still being down there just road grading guys. You know, so it's it's a good group. Utah's Utah's issue that they've had in recent years, and it wasn't an issue last year, um, is that sometimes he'll try to mix and match and find guys the best spots. And then that kind of slows their progress down for the first few games. Um, nobody's expecting that this year. Didn't happen last year, you know. And so seems like he's kind of finally – I shouldn't say finally. I mean, his lines have always been great. But like I said, those first few games sometimes, right? Seems like he's kind of figured out the formula um, to, to get going right off the bat with that group. All right. And one thing I'm going to love about this game this year is we get the main guys calling the game. We get Fowler, Herb Street calling the game with Holly Roll on the sidelines. So it's, it feels like it, it feels like a college game day type game. Mm-hmm. It should be. And I feel like if it was on a Saturday, yeah. college game day would not be in Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend. Mm-hmm. They'd right. be in Lake City. Right. And you know, you know what I love about that group too is um, you know, Holly Rowe is a University of Utah treasure. Like she, uh, she went, she went to the University of Utah, right? But you get her down on that sideline. I mean, she might make a reference on it here and there, but you'll never see like her go slanted one way or the other. She is so professional, and just you know how she goes about her job, and everybody loves that woman. I thought she mentioned she went to BYU. She might have gone to both, but yeah, no, she's uh, she was a she was a U. Hey, let me let me pull that up here. And the thing about Holly Rowe is I didn't even know that she was the main sideline reporter for the Utah Jazz. I happened to turn to a jazz game, and I was like, wait a minute. I know that voice. She did know both, but she actually graduated from Utah. Yeah. So she started at BYU and then went to Utah? Mm-hmm. She, she saw the light. <laughs> saw the light. <laughs> oh, man. So she's Brigham Young. She saw the light. <laughs> she's on both sides of the rivalry, but – yeah, I didn't even know she was the sideline reporter for Utah Jazz. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Because they showed her. I was like, I did not know this. Because I know yeah. she calls basketball. She's on basketball calls. She's nonstop. She's she's awesome. Like like I said, she's 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 a national treasure, and she's the and she's a University of Utah treasure. She's I I always love it when she's on the call for the games. Yeah, she is a busy woman. Making money, but a busy woman. She's getting it in. I'll say that much, but hey, speaking of quarterbacks, now, now that we got that elephant out the room to start this off with, AB, we've got our own elephant in the room. K 
care to care to elaborate? Care to go on in? Does, does it have to do with the, our, our quarterback situation? It does. Yeah. So, um, wanted to ask, what is um, like, what what is Kyle Whittingham saying about you know Graham Mertz and what he what he expects to see from him? Yeah. So. It's uh, obviously he's not Anthony Richardson and that's not taking anything away from Mertz. Right. Um, you know, he's just saying, you know, they, they really got to, it's, it can be a challenge sometimes where you've got to study like his habits and some of the things that he did at Wisconsin. Right. And then tried to look at the Florida game films from the past and see similar circumstances and, and stuff like that to be able to kind of, devise and go from there early on right until until you're kind of seeing it like in action and then being able to make adjustments which you know uh Whittingham and and Utah defense coordinator Morgan Scally those two heads put together um figuring out the defense they're they're some of the best in uh, in game adjustments there is but um yeah I mean he's he's giving him his props um you know, he he obviously knows that he's going to be more of a pocket guy, um, and he's he's giving him his due as as a passer. You know, so well well everybody else is, you know, not as complimentary on the outside nationally or or whatever. Um, he's he's got Utah's respect. He definitely has Utah's respect, and they and they know that he didn't have a good situation at Wisconsin. You you know, it's a bad situation at Wisconsin. When you're watching a video of a guy talking about the situation, and he mentions that the coaching set that got fired at Wisconsin literally admitted to Billy Napier that they misused them. Yeah, I, I heard something like that recently. I didn't know that they said that. Okay, they, they actually told Billy Napier because he scanned all the quarterbacks and you know said Mertz was his guy, and so he talked with that staff, and they pretty much. Say yeah, we kind of screwed up with him. Yeah, Paul Chris when they did go to the he was like, "Yeah, we didn't have the greatest situation of all time ever. Didn't use him as well as we probably should have. Didn't use it to his strengths, which is more so being a play action passer in their immediate part of the field. It was a, it was a kind of a jumble mess at Wisconsin, and they they did stay at the Napier that was mentioned. It, it almost makes I hope it makes some Gator fans that didn't like him wonder. Um, Maybe um the guy is better than they're giving him credit for. Maybe you guys have a reverse situation than what Utah had with Charlie Brewer. That was a dumpster fire. Yeah, I, I do remember that situation very well. And it's why Cam Rising took the job in the first place. <laughs> possible, man. Like some guys that transfer to certain places, they don't really have as much success at their previous stops, and they go somewhere and, and they get to a situation where. Either it's something that's tailor-made to their abilities or, for some, the light just comes on maybe two or three years a little later. And it just took a ten scenery. It happened with Bo Nix at Oregon. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I, I, I love seeing what Bo Nix is doing out there. You know, I mean, he just – he was a complete afterthought after a minute with Auburn. Yeah. yeah. We, I thought it was just, okay, this is a case. Go to start some games here. He might be a, a summer veteran backup. Then he turns around, damn, they're in the hyphen race. Michael Panks. Going to Washington as well. It was a weird situation in Indiana. Goes out to Seattle. He puts up an excellent year himself. So it's like 
why not have one with Mertz? I hope it happens for my sake. Yeah, sometimes a change of scenery is all you need. As a matter of fact, did Cam Rising start his career at Utah? No, nah, Texas. I think, yeah, he, I think he was at Texas. He leaves, goes to Utah, becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And so sometimes a change of scenery is literally all you need. And with you guys mentioning Penix and Knicks, like I'll, I'll give them their due, obviously Williams. But, you know, I mean, Whittingham is completely honest when he says he's like, look, if I'm given the option, I, I ride with I ride with Cam Rising. I, I don't choose any I don't choose anybody else in the entire country. Right. And it's it's crazy. It's been crazy for everybody around Utah to sit back and see like, you know, two years ago, Cam was first team all conference. Right. And now all of a sudden he's just being knocked down this rung and being respected, but not really being respected. Like people are like, Oh God, well he won. <laughs> you know, they're like, how do you bet against a guy that wins? But Oh, Hey, Penix. Oh, Nick's. Oh, Williams. It's like you, you mentioned uh, those names and this guy's quarterback in the team that's won the pac 12 the last two years. So, <laughs> Yeah. He could do us all a favor, and I don't know, put his name up there with those quarterbacks because yeah. he kind of has something to do with them winning yeah. those. Yeah, it ain't like he's running, he's handing the ball off 70 times a game and saying, Here, go for four yards every damn play. No, he's making plays with his own legs and he's making plays with his arm. He's doing what needs to be done at quarterback and he's winning right. games. Right. right. Not, not to mention, he got, he got hurt in the first USC game last year, ends up bringing the team back winning. And then from there, that's when his knee started spiraling on him. And and that's when, honestly, his draft stock started dropping um, because he was playing through an injury that most guys would have sat out for three to four weeks. And, you know, still, you know, did it because the team was better with him and, um, you know, willed him to it. And, I mean, Utah's, Utah's not going to complain, man. They They love that dude. They absolutely love that dude. I mean, I will admit, I, I was, I was a little, I was a little afraid that last drive last year in the game. I, he, I was, he made one mistake and he rectified it at one point in the season. I still, to this day, don't know why he did not run that football. And if you go and you look back at the USC tape where they beat them, where they beat them in the last minute, it was the same call, and he read it open. and he ran. Yeah, and he ran. Yeah. yeah. God, he did not do that the first. Yeah, time. if if he ran, if he would have ran against you guys, you guys were screwed. It was like, but, don't tell me you're going to make this decision to throw the ball. Please throw the ball, push the ball, and he did it. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah, but look, like I mean, it's it's one of those where <laughs> you you guys you guys know how it goes. Even even the best players make mistakes. You right. know, Cam Cam had one of those moments. Cam cam wants it back that's one of the reasons why cam is also so driven to also playing this game where at the same time too it's a very real thing it could be a very real thing where it's like he's so driven to play in this game and so determined on it but even if he's cleared somebody might have to sit back and say hey cam like we get it man but one two more weeks you know yeah so and and, and you and for competitors like cam it's hard to hear that Mm-hmm. Because you want you want to play. I mean, I, I didn't play at the college level, but I will go ahead and say this right now. There were times playing in high school where I would get hurt, not even tell the trainers or the coaches, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to come out the game. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure you did the same thing. So yeah. everybody does it. Everybody that's a competitor does that. So, I mean, you're right. Sometimes you have to have that person tell you, hey, um, I know you want to go out there, but 
you kind of got to dial it back a little bit, just wait a little bit longer because we want to make sure you're fully healthy. We don't want any setbacks or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the main thing you guys are looking at with him. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, we – like any anybody that covers the team can sit back and say. I mean, anybody around the the Utes would remember back to, um, you know, Britton Covey blew his knee out. Um, Utah's really good um, wide receiver and, and kick returner. He's the punt returner for the Eagles right now. Um, he blew his knee out in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, oh God, I can't I can't remember what year it was right off the top of my head. Um, but anyways. Um, ended up coming back and he just wasn't right. And his knee kept swelling up on him and everybody kept trying to talk him down. Like, Hey dude, just like pack it in for this year. You're fine. And it took him four games what it, you know, for him to finally realize like, look, like I can't screw with this. I'm done. I'm coming back next year. Right. And his, his was a lot worse than, than risings though. Um, they they feel good about risings, but the reason I mentioned that is it's just one of those where it's like, had Covey maybe waited three to four more weeks, who knows? Because I mean he was a lot more full go in fall camp as well. So yeah, it's it's just it's just about you know taking care of it the right way. You know that's one of those reasons why I wonder too. You know the whole fact that. Um, Keithy is still a bit of a question mark, you know, um, how did he attack it as opposed to rising, you know, because I mean, I know damn good and well this last month rising has been in the facility for 10 hours a damn day. They've pretty much had to kick him out, you know? So. Hmm. Hmm. That, that's the better thing. Mark, you got anything? Uh, not particularly, but I do want to circle back a little bit to, are some concerns for us real quick, AB. So how are you personally feeling about the linebacker room right now? Because it's a it's one of those question marks where I came in in one of our predictions a few weeks ago where I was like, young rooms, guys that aren't as experienced, a lot of sophomores in there. How do you think it's going to look? Honestly, when I saw Jaden Robinson, the freshman's name on that depth chart, this is gonna surprise you, Marcus. I felt better about that room. Really? Because I was I've been hearing that he's had a great camp this 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 camp, this this um fall. He's been really, really good out there. So he's helping build more depth. And by the way, Alex, I braved the elements on Jane Robinson. I braved the elements in the cold as weather. It was cold as hell. I went to this playoff game. <laughs> this high school team, Lake City, Columbia. Came to Pensacola to play the Scambia in the playoff game. This kid was the best player on the field. Had like 10 plus tackles, two sacks. He forced the fumble and had a pick six. It was a defensive game. They ended up winning 17 to 15. And the crazy thing is they won and did not score an offensive touchdown. Jeez. No way. Yeah, they, wow. they didn't score an offensive touchdown and won. Escambia wow. scored. They they have I think Escambia had one on special teams. And they had one on offense. And then it went for two, and didn't get it. But uh, and, and then a field goal. But so it, it was that kind of game. But that kid was the best player on the field, and he he's a linebacker that runs like a safety. Yeah. So 
I will say when I saw his name on the depth chart, I actually felt a lot better about where we were as a linebacker room. Well, what would you say his 40 is? If I had to guess his 40, hmm. I would say it's around like four because he's a little bit bigger. He's like 230 pounds. I would say it's around like a four six. He was that fast. He was outrunning the receivers out there. So and it's he has some pretty fast receivers. Utah had a kid last year that um, I don't think he started against Florida, but he still played a decent amount. And he was he was a deer in, in the headlights a little bit that first game, right? Uh, but again, like everybody from Utah was struggling tackling because they they didn't feel like they did enough live contact leading into the first game, um, just because they were so used to. I mean, it's these games are a lot more difficult to plan for when it's two good teams, right? As opposed to the teams wanting to come in and, and do cupcakes, you know, but um, Lander Barton, number 20 for Utah. Uh, you guys need to watch out for this kid. He's put on 20 pounds in the off season. He hasn't lost any speed and he was already dangerous. He was a, Four-star linebacker coming out of high school, total freak, just rocketed up the charts um, at the U.S. Army All-American game. Um, pretty much Adam Gorney had told me, he's like, yeah, man, like he had more exposure over the last couple of years. He's like, he's like, I, he's like, I shot him up in the rankings big time. He's like, I still don't feel like I shot him up near enough. So this, this kid's, this kid's a stud. What's that? I'm definitely going to be watching out for him whenever I watch Utah play. I'm yeah, definitely- I, I want to see he's like 245 right now. So, yeah, he's he's a big he's a big damn kid. So he's, he's talented. His his brother's actually playing in the NFL right now. Well, two two of them. One's a one's an offensive lineman. One's a linebacker. Wow, man, I'm definitely going to be watching him now. Speaking of which, now Florida going to Utah. Um, do you think the altitude is going to play a factor in this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what Napier's trying to do to, um, you know, lessen it or anything like that. I mean, which props, props to him because I've I've heard that he's talked to people and he's tried to do like different little things to kind of, um, kind of simulate it, simulate it a little bit, right? But uh, I'm telling you, it's it's not it's not easy. I mean, I there's there's people like I. I have a buddy that lives in Georgia. Okay. Um, He's actually coming out for the game, but he said every time he comes back to Utah, you know, he's not even playing and he's just miserable after a couple hours from the altitude and everything. And and there's it's an adjustment for him and everything. So it it does make a difference. It's just about um, managing your rotations. Right. And I'll, I'll flat out tell you guys like Utah, Utah wants to get into that game. They want to do they want to do a hurry up offense. They want to do quick reads, especially if it's not Cam, okay? And just pound the hell out of Florida with Chiquindon and then, you know, hope that they're tired enough that they can just unleash the offense, you know, halfway through the third quarter. And I've seen that happen more often than not. You know, when teams come in that are not used to the altitude, um, there, there's a reason why Utah's oh God, they've won, I want to say, 25 of their last 26 home games 
the one home game they lost was in 2020 when they had already had two games canceled, right? And so they go into this game not even knowing if it's going to happen. Trot Cam rising out there. He's hurt halfway through the first quarter, and it just wrecked their season right there, right? So that is the only loss they have had in the last 26 games. And it's 2020, and the Pac-12 had like two two games, if that, like six games, whatever it was. So I don't even count that. <laughs> yeah, Utah, Utah ended up having five. Some of them had six, but yeah, like it's it's funny, man, because um, you know Whittingham used to joke that he didn't count that, but there's so many people. The more you talk about it, and especially when it comes to the Utah narrative and the storyline from national media, like they start factoring that in. Don't even count that because you know you, you look back at that, you wipe out 2020. Utah's been involved in the Pac-12 championship game since 2018. Wow, wow. you know so. I mean, what's that? Consistency. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so there's a there's a reason why they've hit the peak and the and the level that they have. I shouldn't even say peak, right? And uh, and have built the depth up that see they that they have, peak. you know. So I see what you did there. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting just to see how. Napier because I mean Napier's been out here I mean he he knows how it goes with the mountains and stuff like that you know so it's not like he's foreign to it but it'll be really interesting just to see how they manage their personnel throughout the game just to just to try to balance it as much as possible yeah um, yeah I, I agree and um you know I because this is different it's different with the humidity in Florida so like you don't have to worry about you, you have to worry about it, but it's not the Utah, same. Utah didn't throw on their pads until maybe 15, 20 minutes before game time last year, if you guys remember that. So that's that's how they were trying to balance it with the humidity. Yeah, I remember, guys, like, you seen like, the whole clip on the sidelines, the guys throwing up. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's, he's done it. He's done it like two or three times to Travis Broughton. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he's he's a stud cornerback too. Like he was, uh, he was just getting his legs back under him last year. From um, he was he was injured the year before, and he really came on towards the end of last season. So there was a it was a big battle going on between him and Old Miss transfer uh, Miles Battle um, for one of the two cornerback slots. And Battle Battle's a stud, but Broughton at least for now has held him off. Mm. So see, that's that's another guy right there that. Um, you know, with uh, with my Crimson Connective stuff that I do, where I help out the collective on like just some in depth, more personal interviews with the guys. Sometimes we did some newcomer highlights recently, and uh, you know, he was just talking about wanting to come to Utah because, you know, one, you know, their their track record with getting cornerbacks to the NFL and just how they teach the man coverage. And he also just said he's like, look, he's like, I had an, he's like, I had a good situation. I I had good coaching at Old Miss. He's like, but if I can take advantage of one year at a place that, you know, runs a, a pro style defense in exactly what I'm going to be doing in the NFL, and it makes me better. He's he's grown by leaps and bounds already, and they they're in absolute love with that kid. So that's an SEC guy for you guys. That uh, another SEC guy that transferred over that um you know utah's pretty damn high on right, um, we appreciate you for coming on hanging out with always, us. Man. i well, appreciate we, you guys 
Yeah, before we get you out of here, though, you already know where we're going next. So. Here we are. Here we go again. You know that's a pain in the ass for me, right? Because it's like it's a big difference if Cam's not in the game. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll we'll factor it in. You know, <laughs> what it is. But we'll so we get predictions and two X factors on Utah that we should look out for. Who? Let me go with the X factors first, so I can process what I want to do prediction wise. Um, definitely Jaquinda Jackson. Um, I mean, we've talked about him a bunch on this. Um, you know, if, if Florida fans aren't familiar with him, um, oh man, he's he's fun. He is so fun to watch. Um, defensively, but yeah, I mean, Jaquindon's the one that you guys are going to have to worry about. You know, again, when it comes to altitude and just hammering it, and then letting him run wild. Um, if if it hits that point, right. But um, defensively, ooh, you know what? Um, so one of the areas that it wasn't necessarily a weakness going into the offseason, but there were question marks, okay, and especially with the two deep and so on. Uh, Utah is stacked at safety again. It's honestly no surprise um, just with Utah's history there. Um, everybody knows about Cole Bishop. There's a lot of people that expect him to come out early this year and be a first or second round draft pick. But, um, I would say the X factor that everybody's going to want to pay attention to is his partner in crime, Sione Vaki. Um, that kid came, came on so strong towards the tail end of last year that, uh, he's, he is an absolute menace in the secondary. Um, so yeah, those, those two guys right there. If if I throw in a third, I would say watch out for Thomas Yasmin. Um, you know, he's somebody that people could really um, overlook. You know, just because he doesn't, he still doesn't have a huge track record, right? And he came on strong towards the last half of last season, then really strong towards the last few games as well when. Kincaid actually ended up missing the the last couple as well, you know. So uh, he's he's just another one of those talented tight ends that Utah just seems to put out with regularity lately. And uh, he's he's a scary dude to have to deal with being six five and you know right around two hundred sixty pounds the way he moves. Um, oh God, let's see, prediction wise. You know, I'm going to go the conservative route saying that I honestly feel like Cam is going to be back in maybe two to three games as opposed to this one. If he if he's back, it's a pleasant surprise. Everybody's going to be doing backflips over it, right? But, um, ooh, again, this one's tough because, like I told you, the two differences between the two backups – you just you just don't know. So I'm gonna go. Let's go Utah 31 and Florida 20. What about you guys? What do you got? Mark hey, first. All right, I'll go first. Shoot. So I'll give my two X factors: one on offense, one on defense. 
So what I mentioned before on the dark depth chart is that it's a young team. They're going to be relying on young players in a lot of spots. The one in particular is wide receiver where we where we recruited a trio of three highly talented guys who all bring different things to the table. The one who I'm really looking out for, I think it's going to be play, going to play a huge role in just this game and beyond for Florida, Trey Wilson. Oh, so my. He's an easy, easy, easy pick, man. So, true freshman, he's a speedster. The Florida staff has raved about him all fall camp. So, I, he's going to play a huge factor. He's going to add an element of speed that we haven't had in years, really, at the, at the receiver position. And on defense, I'll go Caleb Banks, the Louisville transfer. Big kid, 360 pounds. At one point, he's listed 370 pounds. And he's going to be in rotation with – Desmond Watson, he's in better shape than Desmond Watson is. He's a little stronger. He's a guy that, that me and AB on the podcast have raved about since spring. He's going to make a huge impact for our defensive line. So I don't think so. this will be a particularly high-scoring game. I think the run games for both teams are going to play a huge role. I think ETN and Macho Johnson are going to be able to have huge games right here. I'll say 23-20. I think Merch does just enough. Hey, Anthony, before you kick in on yours, I see uh, the moralizer over here laughing over the Utah 31. I mean, look, here's here's the thing, okay? Utah, I mean, everybody saw what Utah did to USC with piling up the points last year. Um, you know, camerizing or not, I mean, they, they've got the majority of those guys back. Now, when it comes down to it again, you guys asked the question, the altitude, okay? The altitude will wear – and that's gonna be that's gonna be one of the big deciding factors, and that's that's what could put it up to that, and and potentially potentially more. But at the same time, too, that's about as as comfortable of a score for Utah as I'm willing to go with not knowing what's going on with Cam Rising. So, so I uh, yeah yeah I, I look forward to uh, maybe laughing at the moralizer. There you go. <laughs> Man, I just heard thunder outside my house. Um, now you want to rain. Um, <laughs> the, weather, weird, bro. You never know. the weather has been trolling all day. It, got, it was sunny. It got really cloudy. Like you guys day. just stay safe, man. That's, that's scary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, California, California, when they had the stuff ripped through, they had the, they had the bad tropical storm and, uh, and an earthquake in the same day. That was and they, they weren't expecting the earthquake. I guess they were just – um, I I don't know how it goes, but apparently, like out there, you can start smelling like burnt plastic or whatever. If a if if a earthquake seems like it's coming on, oh, and there wow. wasn't any telltale sign of it other than people started smelling that, and then a few hours later, yeah. Man, that's crazy. You might not yeah. want to move to California because certain somebody on here gets highly upset with me about California. I get highly upset, but you post that LA trip every three business days, bro. We get it. It has been <laughs> and a half. That's a record. No, see, what happened is I went out there and I took so many pictures that I, I, I just couldn't post them all at once. So I kind of spaced them out. No, you don't. And the music to it that goes with it. But the same music. Hey, the, the, 
on Rodeo Drive with with the Rodeo Drive song. Come, come on now, that, that was not the same. That's the first time you switched, you didn't switch it up. I'll tell you guys what, with uh, with the conference changing after this year, oh man, I'm I'm looking forward to getting out for that LA trip because when when we were out in Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, I was looking so forward to that. I ended up buying a nice Airbnb for the week and uh, had a nice pool and all that stuff. We we didn't use the damn pool once. It rained so damn crazy. And out there, I, I'm sure it's the same. I'm sure it's the same in Florida, right? But they don't they don't heat the pools. So I, I dip my toes in. And I'm like, oh hell no. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. The difference is if it rains here, we're expecting it. If it yeah. rains there, it's gonna be a surprise. Because mm-hmm. when Florida, I was, Florida would be trolling too sometimes. Because in one part of the day it's nice, sunny, clear skies, and the next part of the day in the afternoon, random times in the summer, typhoon out there. Yep, it'll yeah. start pouring yeah, down. That was, that was crazy when I was out there last year for the game. Yeah, that, that, that's what happens. It's sticky and humid, so after the rain's over, you see steam in the damn streets. <laughs> yeah, and on you. <laughs> yep. Um, I guess I'll run into my score prediction. Um, I do think altitude will play a factor, but I feel like they'll with the rotations, they'll kind of get used to it. This just is about what you say, you know, rotating guys in and out. Like whenever you can, yeah, it's it's a real thing. It really is. It's yeah. how how does the staff manage it? Yeah, that 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 that's very true. You have to, which and is I'll, easier said than done, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm. Gonna, I think one of the differences for me. Well, first of all, I'll give my two X factors, even though Marcus stole really both of mine. So I got to pick a different one on. Don't you have Livingston tight end? How about that? Yeah, no. Um, the X factor for me is the same one. Eugene Wilson, Trey Wilson, how they use him. Because, like Marcus said, that is a different kind of speed that we have not had at Florida, which is a surprise, in gears. And it's just with him, you can find ways to get the ball in his hands and just watch him work. Because, yeah, he makes one move, it's a wrap. And the crazy thing is he's not even the fastest player on the team. That would be the other freshman, Aiden Mizell. Yep. But um, okay, I see. Yeah, um, let's just say if you're doing straight line running, yeah, um, you might as well just be waving up, waving up to yeah. him. Thank That's you, Jerry. Up. Yeah, thank you, Jerry, for doing your job and securing that commitment. <laughs> and his he's got a little brother too. So Jerry, you still on the clock? I know you're watching this right now. You still on the clock? How would you really like this? Utah's Utah's got a cornerback that runs a 4-3. Oh, wow. And he's 6-3. That, so, that, that is a freak athlete. And speaking speaking yeah. of corners that are 6-3, yeah. Um Devin Moore for Florida is, might be 6-4. So these corner, I don't know what they're feeding these corners nowadays, but yeah, um, he's some big guys. <laughs> um I'm gonna. I think one of the differences with my X factor on defense is gonna be was gonna be Caleb Banks, but thanks a lot, Marcus. Um, I'm gonna say Tyreek Sapp because he's gonna be he's gonna be um getting a start over at edge where Justice Boone was gonna be starting, but you know because due to the injury he's out for the season, they're gonna move Tyreek Sapp over there and he played he was an edge rusher in high school so. I mean, him being able to rush the passer, he's used to that. That That's really his natural position. 
They had him inside, but now they got to kick him back outside. So he's my X factor on the defensive end because I I'm think looking for my my good close personal friend Jack Pyburn also to be in a rotation somewhere. Good close personal friend, you hate the guys from Bowles High School, Marcus. No, I hate the school. I don't hate some of the people. I I like some of the people over there at Bowles, especially at my time in high school. Oh, every chance he gets. <laughs> but, hey man, the rivalry is a rivalry, you know. It's because he never beat them out. That's all that is. <laughs> but all the same, they're powerhouse. So I mean, hey, but man, uh, we lost seventy to seven. It is what it is. Right, but yeah, Jack Pyburn isn't going to be a guy that gets in rotation, and you might hear his name a good amount. He's he's really really good. He's had a great camp as well. But um, I'm looking at Tyreek Sapp, him being able to rush the pass. I think that's something that he's going to be able to do. He's got, he got great speed off the edge, and I think if he can generate pressure and make the quarterbacks uncomfortable, that can be a game changer for Florida. And again, freshman Jordan Castell, look out for him as well. He's getting his first career start as a true freshman. Oh, that's big. It's, yeah. it's big time. That just tells you what kind of player he is. But um, no, I'm gonna be watching that closely. But it's all said and done. I think I agree, Mark. I think Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson are gonna have big games, and I think Grant Mertz is gonna have a better game than people think. I'm gonna say 28-24 Florida. But this is gonna be a very close physical game, and I do mean that's physical. Like physical football people, you better be tuning in because the helmets are gonna be cracking. It's gonna be so physical. You want to buckle a trench up, you don't even have one. This is gonna be so physical that you're gonna be hurting got to watching the game. <laughs> you're, you're gonna be getting in the ice bath, shoulders all wrapped up. Uh, yeah, but, I didn't... But the important game is thing is though, college football is back. I love it. Finally, we got depth charts. We got a game like this week one. I mean, come on. It doesn't get better than that. You get this this on Thursday night. You get South Carolina and North Carolina on Saturday night. I'm definitely tuning into that game. That's going to be a great game. And then Sunday, you get another rematch in Orlando with Florida State and LSU. And Florida State fans, yes, Harold Perkins will be playing in this game this time. So, yes, Jordan Travis has to worry about getting (laughs) ran down because he probably will. That if you talk about a freak athlete, uh, there you go, right there. Just letting everybody know, AB has money coming in on LSU that game. Just, just putting it out there. No, I don't have money coming in. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, twenty dollars here, thirty dollars there. Is, is that how you won the belt? Not fantasy football. Well, then, well, I will tell you this. This is hey, streets are saying, AB, streets are saying you use your winnings from a couple of clandestine operations in the gambling world to fund <laughs> your habit of collecting belts. Alex, I was this close to not even making the playoffs in my league. It took a miracle from one of my receivers, that receiver, Stephon Diggs, thank you. And um, by miracle, had- the check cleared. No, no, he had a big game. And I backdoored my way into the playoffs, got the very last spot. And then all of a sudden, all my players just got really hot in the playoffs. You see, what I mean by the check cleared is that he convinced someone to swing a trade for Stephon Diggs, and he threw a little under-the-table payment to the commissioner to let the trade go through. No, I drafted Stephon Diggs and actually made – Hey, hey, that, that happens more than uh, people want to admit. Anthony, come on, fess up. Bro. Exactly. I, I saw that smile, too. You saw that smile. Mm-hmm. No, not y'all. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did not make not one trade last year. Sure, AB. AB, you're the first man, and we believe you. No, people kept asking me for because I had Christian Kirk as well. They kept asking me for him. They kept trying to ask me for Stephon Diggs, CD Lamb. They were trying to throw anybody to try to make the deal, make deals where I'm like, no, I'm good. No. Why won't you make trade? I'm good with what I have. And it got me the belt. Okay. All right. So I did not make one trade. I've had people try to make multiple trades already. And I'm like, no. I love that press guy, but no, I'm good with my quarterback situation with Lamar Jackson. I'm good. Likely story. Like, I'm good. That's, like, your, I don't, that's your story and you're sticking to it? No, that, that, yeah, that's my story. And it's the truth. Okay. I did not agree. All right, Marcus. If it if it was legit, you know, you know what you and me would probably be saying. I want to deal with it. These, there we go. Look, I am now a three-time champ in fantasy football. Does not mean I'm doing anything. I'm not. Hey, man! Like any good wrestling heel, you do anything to keep your title. I'm gonna have to send you guys. Like I said, Salt City Swagger. (laughs) <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the it's the belt dude that uh, does stuff out here. You guys are gonna like his stuff. I'm, so. I'm still on the fact this man said just like the WWE, do anything you can keep. No, there were hey, no low blows involved. There hey, bro, there's, there's belt shots as well. There's steel chairs. There's a you know interference from people in your, in your stable. Everything it, is pro wrestling, AB. Just it, it, it is what it is. I hate to do this because it hurts my heart to do this because I'm still hurt by this. There was no Bray Wyatt lights going off and all of a sudden to come back on that dispute. None of that happened. Okay. All right. And RIP Bray Wyatt, prayers to your family. That was uh, that one hurt. If you're a wrestling fan, that one hurt. Bang. Dude, I, I was recording a podcast and found it live on air. It is what it yeah. is. Wrestling podcast and they were live. I'm watching this and they broke the news on there. Marcus's face was uh, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I know. I saw the video that he did like four hours before he died. That's it was crazy. So, no fun. Yeah, this is definitely a great episode, a great show, man. We definitely appreciate coming back on. Um, You guys are always fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, we gotta find a way to get Utah and Florida to keep playing every year. Um, and maybe if you if Florida wins this year, you actually have to show up next week and wear a game show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey man, ads get them deals done, man. We like we like these games. They'd be fun. Hey, I might uh if if my if my buddy's out here. So here here's the funny thing with my buddy. Okay, so he uh he's a Gators fan and a, and a Ute fan. So when he was out there last year, he took endless crap for it because he was trying to act all cool with, um, you know, everybody that I associate with out here. And, uh, you know, like they're, they're thinking he's a, a good dude the day before, right. All of a sudden he shows up to, um, the game and he's, he's wearing his Gator gear and everybody's like, man, dude, like you played us. What the hell? What this, what that? He's like, no, no. Next year when I'm out at Utah, I'm in my Utah gear, so he's he's one of those guys. But so yeah, so if the Gators win, he's pro- he's probably got a Gator shirt in his back. I was gonna say, you know, he's gonna have a Gator shirt on. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe I'd have to take a picture for you. But uh, when when Utah wins, I'm just gonna have to mail you guys Utah shirts. You guys can keep them too. How's that? Yeah, if anybody 
anybody around who's getting recruited by Utah, yeah, I got a shirt for you. Yep. <laughs> a little side bag, some goodies in it, if you would. But yeah, um, Alex, let everybody know where they can follow you and read your articles and everything. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it now, it's always Twitter to me, right? But uh, um, yeah, so at A Markham Rivals. Um, so yeah, the publisher of uh, UteNation.com over at Rivals. Um, I've also started a fun little thing. Anthony's actually going to be on it for us um, with my uh, with my guy Cole Bagley. Um, doing a, you know, just fun little thing, kind of like we're doing here. I think that one only went like 25 minutes, though, huh, Anthony? So, yeah. Uh, see, I'm, 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 I'm more fun. It's just, it's, it's easy. It's easy for us three to just go back and banner and laugh our asses off, and all of a sudden it's almost an hour and a half, and it's like, how the hell did that happen? But um, no, we we appreciated you jumping on. So I'll uh, I'll get that over to you, so everybody can be seeing that too. I unfortunately won't make an appearance on it unless I do some other segment and throw it all together. So TBD on that, but um, yeah. Uh, so YouTube wise, I it's uh, at Crimson Connective um, is is what the YouTube channel is called. So fun times with, with what we've got going over there. We got a whole bunch of uh, newcomer player interviews that have been really fun to do and really just kind of get to know the guys and get them to you know, feel comfortable even before they ever had like um, the actual media training and stuff like that. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a fun thing that we started with the Crimson Connective this year. Yeah, definitely. As y'all can see down here, down low, follow him on Twitter. We're not putting X on there. I will not be changing that banner. Um, no. Well, we don't know what it is and what to call it. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to need to get that changed. Immediately, is is nuts. It, it's so weird. It, it it doesn't feel like it. it it's it's always going to be Twitter. It'll be always Twitter to me I'm until honest. until it's burned to the ground. Pretty much, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we definitely appreciate you hopping on with us and appreciate you guys too. And um, yeah, you have a great night, man. Always, you guys are good people. I appreciate it. Stay safe out there. All right. Sure. Yeah. Take care, guys. It was Alex Markham, fellas. Um, man, what a great show! What oh, a- man, bro! I am just excited that we have real football to watch, man. All these preseason NFL games—that's finally up and done with. We got a little week zero action, a little sneak peek of real college football. Now the real thing starts Thursday night, man. Thursday night is really here. We got depth charts out. The time for talk is over. Lion season is over, man. It's time to line it up and see what this team is really all about. Yeah, no, no more lion, no, none of that. No more um, back and forth. It's time to strap on the pads, put on the helmets, snap on the chin, the chin straps, go out there, and yeah, um, yeah, pads gonna be popping. Yes, sir. Popping. Only way and, I'll play it, man. And by the way, I'm just gonna go ahead and put out this disclaimer right now. This is for all my ladies out there. We love y'all. You guys are beautiful. You women, you ladies are beautiful. But from this point on, oh boy, from Thursday until Monday, us men will be busy. 
We will not be doing any any shopping. There will be no chick flicks being put on television. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's those are those are football days. We that are those are the days reserved for football. And by the way, any for anybody that scheduled a wedding for September twenty third with that slate of football games that's out, you guys need to be arrested and thrown under the jail immediately because you guys are not right. Maybe not all that. No, no, yes. Have you seen that slate of games? I've seen the slate of games. I, they're they're amazing, but I ain't gonna arrest people for discussion weddings. Arrest no? made. Like, like somebody somebody got to do something postpone wedding for that day. Y'all you was charge your phone up real nice and be on your phone during the reception. You know, go to the open bar if it has one. Watch it right there. Respect love. Oh, I respect love. Just move that. Just move that wedding two days later. Moving it to a Monday, September 25th. Who know this play? Back to the point of, you know, those football days uh, from Thursday to Monday, don't do it. Hey, man, you know what happens the next week, though? Guess what's back that week? The NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Romy, you got to do the NBC music. And that's a good game to open up the season with the Chiefs and the Lions. But that's an yeah, game to start. That's actually pretty shrewd. Move your weddings to September the 25th, people, because I'm pretty sure the game, the Monday night game, is going to be the Arizona Cardinals against the um, who's the second sorry team in the league besides them? Um, Tampa and the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're pretty much going to be them. You're going to get. Well, whoever the heck's playing back quarterback because Kyle Murray ain't out there. Um, it would be Josh Dobbs or who cares? Yeah. It's going to be Josh Dobbs versus Baker Mayfield if he's still the starter by then. All right, so here's the Monday Night Football schedule. So week one, it'll be the Jets and the Bills because, of course, nice. two, September 18th, it's Carolina and New Orleans. And Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and doubleheader. Then September 25th, it's Philadelphia and Tampa and the Rams and the Bill and the Bengals. Another doubleheader. You move your wedding. You move your wedding to that day. Ain't nobody finna watch the Eagles beat the brakes off the Bucks or the um, Bengals beating the brakes off of um. Who, who the Bengals playing again? The Rams. Yeah, ain't nobody watching that. Um, ain't nobody watching. Move your weddings to that day. No, I respect love, but come on, y'all. Come, come on, y'all. Love has his limits to you. I'm not going to no weddings. No, no, we will not. Men will not be doing that. But hey, man, I'm just saying. Also, though, September 10th, 1 p.m. on Fox, and September 10th. 8.20 p.m. on NBC. Movies will be made. Movies will be. It's going to be a movie. 1 p.m. Sunday, the Jags play. 8.20, Cowboys play. Well, I know it's going to be a movie late that night, but uh, who are the Jags playing? We're playing the Colts. Oh, so Anthony Richardson gets to terrorize you to open the season. Nice. Eh, I don't think so. No. He might throw for he might throw for two seventy five and run for another hundred on thirty six passes or eighteen completions. 
I mean, half of those incompletions were drops. It's going to happen again. This team is not going to be that good. Trust me. What if, what if he does that and they beat y'all? What, what are you going to do? Last about it. Bridge. We're on Kansas City. Oh, you're on the Kansas City. Oh, so you basically be being on the O and two, huh? Yeah, you know what happened? Hey, a, a famous close set that once guess what? Look what happened. Yeah, it was the Bengals before they got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. The Bengals teams were good. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. They were playoff teams. They were the, terrible. Icky Woods was still playing for the Bengals. Who said the ghost of Icky Woods is still playing for the Bengals, man? Respect the Icky Shuffle. Yes, I respect the Icky Shuffle. And by the way, people bring that commercial back because I love watching it. This cold cuss. Please bring that back. But um, hey, man. but offense though, I'm happy with the Jazz. They're gonna be they're gonna be awesome on offense. Defense will be okay. They'll be good. I'm hopeful. Twelve wins on the way. Twelve. Yeah. That's not unrealistic. Look at our schedule. See, I'm, 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 I'm gonna give you ten. Why only ten? Hey, did, did I did I not get close with your prediction last year? I mean, I, I said around the same too. Yeah, but you didn't believe it. I did. Well, then again, we went over October, so forgive me for not believing as much. <laughs> I believe I believed in y'all, and I believed in y'all a little too much because, uh, yeah, um, I don't understand it. I don't understand why I believe in y'all so much and y'all end up beat, breaking my heart, beat me on the pass. Hey, man. It is what it is, but, you know, 12 wins. Let me just, actually, matter of fact, let me pull the schedule up really fast. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> that read it off. So, week one, we start the Colts on the road. Then we play in Kansas City at home or in our home opener. Then we play Houston at home. Then for two weeks, we're in London. Going against the Falcons and against the Bills. Then we come back on my birthday, October 15th. We play the Colts again to wrap up the, the division series. And we're at home. We're not losing that game. We haven't lost them at home in like eight years. So, you know. They're going to lose. No, we're not. And then Thursday night, we play at New Orleans in the Superdome. Then go to Pittsburgh. Then we have a bye week, and then we come back at home against San Francisco. Oh, that's an L. I didn't say, I didn't say automatic, but that's a difficult yeah. one. Automatic, but it's difficult. But anyway. Nick Bosa is coming to the state of Florida. So? Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> After that, we we uh still at home against Tennessee. Then at Houston, finish that part up. Monday night against Monday night against Cincinnati. L. Then relax. It's at home. That's an L. At home, don't care. Didn't ask. Oh. Don't care. Didn't ask. Anyway, we go to Cleveland. That's a dub. Sunday night at home against the Ravens. Hell. We beat them already last year. Lamar so. Kill you guys. Hmm? Lamar Jackson's going to kill you guys. Terrell's going to kill them too. Don't care. Didn't ask. 
No, he's not. But okay. Did you not see that fourth quarter last year? Did Lamar Jackson play? Yes. Was he healthy? Yes, he played awesome. No, he wasn't healthy. He played awesome. We did play him when he was healthy. Yes, we did. Yeah, was he healthy? Yes, dumbass. He was healthy. <laughs> anyway. Healthy. He was healthy, though. That defense is bad last year for the Ravens. Who said it was going to be great this year? No, they, they, they actually they're going to be a little bit better. Slightly better, and that'll be kind of integrated more integrated into the system. Sure. So that'll help. I hope. You hope anyway. I have somebody for them. Yeah, I mean, Marlon Humphrey got hurt again, so you know. Oh, again, health. Someone's talking hurt. Anyway, <laughs> Christmas Eve against the Bucks. Oh, that's a definite win. New Year's Eve against Carolina. That's a win. Then finish off against Tennessee on the road. That could be tricky, depending on who the quarterback is for Tennessee. It'll be Tannehill, but I don't really care. Yeah. We sure he will have not lost that job by then? No. I mean, because he did get benched last year. He got hurt last year. He got healthy. He got benched again, too. No, he got hurt again. He shattered his ankle. Well, guess what? He on a short leash this year. He should be. He's not as good because plus a contract, they're kind of stuck. So anyway. <laughs> Final record prediction? Now that we're ready at all? Ten and seven. Why only ten? Because number one, your division is terrible. And number two, you got y'all y'all schedule's a little bit tougher than you think. Yeah, but why is games also home though? So I'm not that worried. You should be. I'm not. I mean, Cincinnati um, going there. Baltimore going there. Those two scare me. No, they don't scare me that much. They really don't scare me as much. Especially Cincinnati because that offense, when they're clicking, is generational. Yeah, except when their offensive line is also bad. It's not very generational, though, is it? That, that, that is very true. Hopefully they fix that problem. They probably yeah. did. Hopefully they did do. They, they signed Orlando Brown to be your left tackle and they moved Joe Williams over. Hopefully the guys they signed last year are healthy, like Kappa and uh, fuck who else was it? They signed Alex Kappa and they signed the center from the page. Oh, Ted Karras. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully they um they got it together. If everybody stays healthy, they did lose. They do. They do lose like two guys. And they're, they're both their starting safeties though. And the Jags are good. They're definitely gonna miss Jawan Taylor. No, um, we're not. Yes, I don't care what you say. Um, they're gonna miss Jawan Taylor. Anton Harrison better. Don't care. Yes, but because uh, he's unproven. What do you think Jawan Taylor is? Proven. Not really. Did he get a contract? Yeah, because he came in at the perfect time because he had one good season out of four, and the Chiefs needed a lot of his linemen, so he so they gave him a shit ton of money. Jay Money, I'm gonna type in what we think about the um. The USC game. Hold on. Oh boy. Amen. Yeah, that's what we think. 
That boy good. <laughs> what we think, buddy. That, that that right there is what we think. That boy already, Timothy. But uh, yeah. Um, we gonna go ahead and wrap this up. Um, again, Jerry could not be with us tonight, so y'all keep him in your prayers. Um, make sure um, y'all reach out to him. Just reach out to him. Uh, and Jerry, you with us, man. You're with us in spirit. But um, Marcus, let everybody know where they can follow you and whatever possible burner accounts you might create. I don't have burner accounts. I yet. said might create. <laughs> See, I might create one during the season. I'll say that. Marcus Davis nine hundred four on Twitter. That's the official one, right there. Same old, same old. Yeah, before um, I give mine, Adidas just got sued. Or let's see, the recruiting middle oh, okay, for bribery and fraud filed a lawsuit claiming he acted on the shoe company's approval. So apparently, he thinks Adidas did something. Man. I don't know what it is, but hey, appreciate that, J Money. We appreciate that right there. Prayers up to Jerry, but um. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at AceWave1, on Instagram at Ace underscore one ladies. Um, Yes, follow me, ladies. Don't do it. Do it. Love you. And I know, and Mark, Mark, Marcus, um, Marcus is a hater. But, um, on Twitter at Inside underscore Swamp and on Instagram at Inside underscore Florida Athletics. Follow us on TikTok at Inside. At Inside Swamp One, we will be putting more content on TikTok. Marcus, you had the password and everything. Go ahead and put some stuff on there. I shall. Just as long as it's not a Jag a Jags video on on that account. Happy days are ahead for my franchise in Duval County. Finally, unless they go four and thirteen. If they do, I'm up in the glick and do it to myself. What? Dang. God. Um, but yeah, Marcus, I th- wait. You you got a song to be. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, I'll do. I'll take the song. All right. Let me reach into my playlist and see what we got. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna go back to the 50s on us. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to the 50s on you, Jesus. 60s with Motown. No. Respect Motown? I'm not going all the way back there. Jesus. 70s. No, I'll go to Travis Scott theme. What? Why give me that look? Why you why are you giving me that? What did I do? Because I see what you did there. What did I do? Song called Fiend. That's what we are for football right now. That's yeah, right. You know what I honestly thought you were gonna do go with? What? The college game they think song. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> to your sit <center. laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
actually, AB, not actually. No, no, we're not doing that. No, no. You put the bug in my head now. No, we're going to do that. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that. Marcus, hold on. No, for one reason. Because I think you got the song tomorrow night for Indisputable Evidence. Ah, I see. I see you now. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you gotta remember that now. I forget, but, man. My mind's been in different places. I did a 24 hour Twitch stream, dude. My mind's a little fuzzy. Yeah, first of all, before we get out of here, why would y'all do that? It was fun. We're commemorating the weekend for 24 hours straight. Yeah, what's wrong with you guys? We're nut jobs. That's what. And shout out to all 42,000 people that watched. Yeah, we can tell y'all are nut jobs. Hey, man, it's what we, this content creation thing is what we do. It's in our blood. Yeah, but y'all won't talk about WWE, but that's neither here nor Yes, we do. What are you talking about? Hell, it's always AEW content. Yeah, because there was, so, there was something special going on on Sunday. It was AEW weekend. We're going to talk about certain somebody getting suspended. We do. <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm talking about later this week. I'm keeping tuning in. Maybe we have like 70. Somebody is a problem. We have like 70 podcasts. Maybe we do this all the time. This actually watch the shows for once. I'm just saying, it sounds like a certain somebody is becoming a problem. Because we already built this. I mean, is I mean, he tried to blame. I'm just saying, he tried to blame WWE. When he left, but uh, I'm starting to see the other way. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Okay, be be <laughs> hey, okay, that, okay, WWE thing, it kind of wasn't, but he kind of was. They fought him, <laughs> they almost killed him. Baby. What, what, what are we doing? <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're gonna go with Fiend by Travis Scott from courtesy of Marcus. Um, we're gonna leave y'all as we always do. Go, God bless, go, Gators. Y'all stay safe out there, and I mean that seriously for the state of Florida and for the city of Jacksonville because it doesn't look like that storm is headed y'all way. Um, and the whole, you know, hate crime thing that happened. Yeah. By the way, um, to the guy in hell that killed himself afterwards. Mom, Dad, excuse my language because I know y'all going to hear this. You're fucking coward. I'll say. But um yeah, prayers oh. to prayers up to the city of Jacksonville. It's just been a, it's been a rough week there. Um and man, y'all y'all just be safe out there. Y'all be aware of y'all surroundings and all all that. Be careful, be careful. Hey, just watch just watch everything. Keep your eyes on everything. Y'all, please, we emphasize this. Tell your loved ones that you love them. Take care of your loved ones, take care of your mentals. Can't believe you even got to do this. Wash your face, wash your hands, Marcus. Looking into my eyes while I say this. Listen to the seriousness of my voice. I say this with the utmost sincerity. With soap and water, not hurricane water, my fellow Floridians. <laughs> real water, hot water, preferably. With a loofah, with washcloth, wherever the hell you got. Wash your ass thoroughly. Look at my list while I say this again. Read them. Listen to my tone. Wash them thoroughly. Thoroughly. And wear shoes with socks to the movie theater. Thank you.
Or don't. You know, no, 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 ain't no don't. <laughs> do it. No, please do it. Because if you 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 are shambolic if you're not. Something wrong. Trying to smell your feet and trying to smell 13-year-old tuna at the bottom of it. We ain't trying to see your gout. We ain't trying to see your bunions. None of that. This man said bunions, not bunions, bunions. He went full on funions and turned it into bunions. Hey, man. I'm just saying, we ain't trying to smell none of that. It has no place in, in civilized society. No. Yeah, and with that, y'all have a great night. We will see y'all again tomorrow night on Indisputable Evidence. So follow us over there. But for the Swamp Inside Ford Athletics, we'll see you next week. Hopefully coming back to a Florida win. God bless y'all. Have a great night. Just come outside for the night. Take your time. Get your life. The career is more at stake when you in your prime Fuck that paper, baby, my face on the dotted line I've been flying out of town for some peace of mind It's like always, they just want a peace of mind I've been focused on the future, never on right now But I'm sipping, I can boot you, either pick or brown I'm the one that introduce you to the you right now Oh my God, that be bad Well, all right, tryna fight in the night, come alive. Ain't a sneak. Ain't it? Ain't it? Ain't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Why the fuck these niggas 
nigga like they know it Double O kick the shit we told us Switch out the bed, these niggas get rolled up Everything hit, everything, 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 everything.